Good morning. Good morning. Hey, good to see everybody out in the house of the Lord this morning. How many of you glad to be here? It's a good day. It's a good day. So uh, if you're here for the first time, I don't know what to tell you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we'll get right into our service. Lord, we come to you this morning, God. Just thank you and praise you for, for who you are, Lord. Just uh, thank you for sending your only son to die for my sins, somebody like me, and be buried and raised again, Lord. I just thank you for, for the life you've given us, God. And as we come to you with our, our worship and our praise, I pray that we just put away all distractions, God. Do everything for your honor and glory today. Be with the speaker. I pray that you just fill him up, and I pray that you just uh, allow uh, the, the, your words to challenge our hearts and, and, and make changes where we need to change. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll go for the second round. Good morning. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for waking him up, Mr. Stephen. I appreciate that. All right. Well, hey, it's a beautiful uh, day outside, even if the sun isn't quite as bright as it would be. It's a little bit warmer than it's been, which is quite nice. Spring is indeed coming. And ultimately, God's in control of all of that anyway, so it's all good. Whether we, whether we think it's global warming or a lot of places are experiencing freezing, it doesn't matter because God's the one in control. Right now, let's sing about uh, our Redeemer. He saved us uh, from His sacrifice on uh, the cross of Calvary. He brings us redemption. Let's go ahead and stand as we sing, There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son. Sometimes, but we might need to spread out. <clears throat> and it can also be human error, too. 
<laughs> That's okay. But hey, what a day that will be when there will be no more human error <laughs> or technology. It'll be great. What a day that will be. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. I shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Let's go ahead and sing that chorus one more time with just our voices. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. And what a day that will be. Revelation, excuse me, gives us a picture of what that will look like and giving honor and glory and worship to our Savior, Jesus Christ, forever. Join as we sing, Worthy Worship. Father, create. 
around you. <clears throat> Tell them how it's good to see them today. And right, again, a little bit more of a warmer day. You may go ahead and have a seat. <clears throat> and right now, uh, we're thankful for Miss Ann, who's singing the special for us.
Thank you, Miss Ann. Thank you. At this time, we'll go ahead and have a moment of prayer. So go ahead and pray um, silently in your chair there or with, with the person beside you. Um, and this morning, we are asking God for eyes to see and for ears to hear what He would have for us from His Word. So let's go ahead and uh, take a moment of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for giving us a beautiful day. Thank you for giving us another breath. We have so much to be thankful for. And you are worthy of all of our praise. I thank you as Ms. Ann was singing for the cross. I pray that as Brother Walter Terrell brings the word, that you would give him the words to speak and that we would not hear from, simply from from a man, that, but we would hear from you, God. And we want to be changed by your word. I thank you uh, for allowing us to come here this morning. And I pray that you would be honored and glorified in everything that is said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, and <clears throat> there seems to be all sorts of uh, political and personal unrest during this time. And at that point, a lot of times uh, we need to just step back and kind of take stock of, um, of everything from more of a biblical perspective as opposed to more of a personal or especially a political standpoint. And if you've put your faith and trust in Christ, then your sins have been paid for and God offers you victory today for the way that we actually live. And that is way more than any presidential candidate will be able to offer you. And that's way more than any vaccine will be able to offer. It's way more than anything else. And all we can do is praise God for all that He has done for us. And we need to worship and praise Him again for what He has done and for the blessings that uh, He's going to be sending our day with, including just another breath in the next moment that we have. Let's go ahead and stand and let's sing, Worthy is the Lamb.
Back here? Oh, yeah, we're on. <laughs> Amen. Well, it certainly is a great joy to be in the house of God this morning. Good to be saved by the amazing grace of God. Amen. And like I said, I love I love the old hymns, but I tell you what, I, every time I come up here, I always get refreshed because, uh, like I said a moment ago, he's singing songs I ain't never heard of, but they're biblical. Amen. I love it, pr Brother Ethan. Thank you so much. Almost said preacher. He sounded like one a while ago, didn't he? He hit the nail on the head, brother, about the politics and everything else. You know, we are not to put our trust in government, but of God. Amen. We certainly are. And I, and, uh, I love the, the intermission thing there just a moment ago where you, hello from the other side. I told Hunter, I sure am glad that bear's on the other side. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, uh, but well, we, we certainly are great, uh, grateful to be back here. Thank you, brother Wells, for asking us to come and be Part of your service today, we were scheduled to come, I think, one day last month, and snow, it snowed us out. Well, y'all snowed me out. We got rain and ice. Y'all got snow. I told uh, I told Miss Olivia a moment ago, I said, uh, I said, I'm a snowbird, but I'd be glad when this winter's over because I hate teaser snows. Amen. If I want to snow, she said, I want to snow a foot. I said, me too. Amen. And uh, and so uh, I do thank the Lord, but I just left. We just left uh, 80 degree weather. Me and Hunter did. We was in Wetumpka, Alabama, which is just outside of Montgomery. 
we went down there this week and had the Alabama Blitz from the Rock of Ages, and uh, we got to uh, go to prison. He said, and uh, I just got out of prison. Amen. Sure did. Hunter did too. Somebody asked me, did they keep Pony? I said, well, they did for about five minutes, and they threw him back over the barbed wire. I said, boy, talk too much. Amen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was, a, it was his first time going. It was a blessing, and we saw, uh, while we were there, the Lord uh, saw 49 people saved by the grace of God. Amen. And within the last month, between schools and prison, God has, uh, we saw 40 or 82 professions of faith. And we thank God for that. Amen. It's nothing Brother Walter's done. Uh, nothing that Tater Man has done. And yes, I still am the Tater Man. I'm not just Tater. I'm glad Mr. Potato is still Mr. Potato. And Mrs. Potato is still Mrs. Potato. No matter what they say. Amen. Come on now. Wake up on me. And so I do thank God that uh, we, we were allowed to see 82 professors of faith in the last month. And uh, God is able. In the midst of a pandemic, God is still able to get his word out and get his word across. And God is still able to save souls. Amen. He didn't, uh, nothing's caught God by surprise. He knew that everything that was going to happen is going to happen way before you and I ever existed. And I thank God for that. And you know, his word's still going out. And I do thank the Lord for the opportunity just to be a small part of a big thing. Amen. You say, what is it? What are you talking about? God's word's a big deal. Amen, Brother Danny. God's Word is definitely a big deal. So uh, uh, we do thank the Lord for the opportunity just to serve God. And while we were there, my unshackled story. Uh, has anybody in here listened to it yet, the story of the unshackled? Okay, several of you have. Praise the Lord. Amen. While we were there, we was able to put it in 11 different prisons, and the inmates are able to hear it. I, I burned it on CD. We was able to put it in 11 different prisons. I, I praise the Lord for that. It's done going around the world. I've been having nothing but positive feedback from that story, and, and it's all to the glory of God, not to uplift Brother Walter. Amen. It's all to uh, see souls saved and saints stirred for the glory of God. And also, uh, we had something, another opportunity, Brother Ethan, to take place before we left for the Alabama prison. Uh, I was asked to record some of the lessons and also preach a message on video and send it to a juvenile prison in the state of West Virginia. And so we praise the Lord for that. Again, God has a way of getting his word out, doesn't he? Amen. He certainly does. And again, I do thank the Lord for allowing us to be here today. I want us to look at the book of Romans this morning. The book of Romans, you know, uh, this is, uh, I don't know if this message is going to be a preacher message, a teacher message, but what I want to give you comes straight from the word of God. And so Romans chapter number 13 today is what I want to turn to. Brother Ethan hit the nail on the head again a moment ago. He's talking about how we don't, sometimes we don't understand why things happen the way they happen. Whether it be politics, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be whatever else goes on in the world, God is in control. Amen? God is still in control, regardless of what comes our way. And it could be that God is using these things to wake us up. Everybody's talking about getting woke. Maybe it's time for God's people to get woke, amen? Everybody's talking about uh, uh, doing other things. And friend, it's time for the church of the living God to get back to where we need to be with the Lord. I know in the last year, God's dealt with me over some things. Within the last couple months, God has spoke to my heart about some areas in my life that needs improvement. I know somebody thought I was perfect, but hey, I'm not, amen? Ask Miss Tammy back there, she'll tell you. 
I've said it before, I said it again. Uh, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Can't wait to look in the mirror. Get better looking each day. Boy, somebody lied right there. At one time, I looked like Ethan. I had hair. And I was in shape. Now I'm fat, bald, and out of shape. Amen. But uh, God is in control of it all. And this morning, I want to I wanna basically preach to the church or teach to the church, however it is. But this is a... I'm going to be preaching probably, I'm praying about it, out of this chapter this morning, and then we're going to pick back up again tonight. God gave me this a few weeks ago, and uh, and it's something that I believe that we all could, even myself, I'm preaching to the choir this morning, that we all could learn from. I love it when we learn from the Word of God. We should not take the Word of God for granted, amen? That's one thing that the Lord has taught me in the last year. It's more than just getting up every morning and, and reading a small devotion five, ten minutes and be on our merry way. The Bible says study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. How are we going to hear from God? we got to get in His Word. You see, when we read God's Word, it's God speaking to us. But when we pray to God, it's us speaking to God. And I'm glad me and the Lord's on speaking terms. Amen. Hallelujah, friend. I'm glad if you're saved by the grace of God, you're in God's on speaking terms. And, and uh, if you're not saved by the grace of God, you can be. But Romans chapter 13 this morning, I want to read verse number 1 down through verse number 10. Romans 13, verse 1 down through verse number 10. The Word of God says, Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. Let me say it again. There is no power but of God. And the powers that be are ordained of God. Say amen right there. The powers that be, whether we like it or not, amen, are ordained of Almighty God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. In other words, if you go against the powers that be, so to speak, God says, the Apostle Paul wrote it right here, you're really rebelling against God. Let's move on. Whosoever therefore that resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. If thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Verse one in verses right there is hard to swallow, isn't it? It's like taking a, taking medication that you don't like. Hey, let's be honest this morning. Some of the word of God is hard for people to swallow, amen? It really is. But nevertheless, it's still the word of God. 
is still God's word that we should take. Verse 8, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. Pastor, he hit it in Sunday school this morning. He talked about charity. The greatest of all these is charity. It's love. Friend, we are to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any commandment, any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Look up here just a moment. How many of you find it hard to love some people? Come on now, be honest. Let's take the plastic off this morning. There are some people, Brother Danny, that's hard to love. I'm not one of them because I'm easy to love. But anyway, <laughs> well, I am too. Sometimes I'm hard to love. But according to the Bible, we ought to love one another. According to the Bible, we ought to love our neighbor. According to the Bible, we ought to love our enemies so much that we pray for them. Come on. Verse 10. Love worketh no will to his neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. That's all I'm going to read for the sake of time this morning. May God his blessings to the reading of the word of God here today. As I begin this message, I begin studying this chapter out. We find here that uh, there are three institutions that have been ordained by God in this world. In the, each of these institutions, there are levels of submission and levels of authority that God has ordained. There's three of them, according to the Word of God. Number one, the family. Amen? I said God ordained the family. He ordained family before He ordained the church. He ordained family before he ordained anything else. The family is a very important part of God's ordination. The family is the strongest thing that we have in America outside of the Word of God. The family is a small community of related people who have as their interest a mutual care of one another. In the family there's fellowship, and in the family there is sharing. In the family there is labor, and in the family there is provision. But also in the family, there is authority and submission. We don't like to talk about those two things in the family unit, do we? But according to the word of God, God has designated the husband to be the head of the family. Amen? Boy, that was weak. I said, according to the word of God, God has ordained the husband to be the head of the family. I put it this way a lot of times, Brother Ethan. The husband is the head, the, the, uh, the wife is the heart, and the children are the hope. Amen. It is. I wouldn't be half the man I am today if it was not for my wife. I wouldn't be half the man I am today if it was not for my children. Hunter, this past week, he was down there, he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, singing songs to those inmates and, and they were eating it up and this one little inmate, he probably stood about four foot and a half or something like that, little short fella. As Hunter was out there singing the song, that little fella, I watched him blaze his hand toward heaven. You say, well, was he in prison? If he's praising God, hey, there are people in prison that get saved. 
They really are. I know that for a fact. I saw them. I led some of them to the Lord. And whether they got saved or not, that's between them and God. It's not my business, amen, after I done told them the gospel. But if they're saved, they know it, amen. If you saved, you know it. And, uh, and as I watched Hunter this week, it blessed my heart to see my hope testified. To see my hope singing. And if you go back and look at my Facebook page, you'll see he did more to testify that dude preached. Amen. <laughs> he did. You can check it out on my Facebook page. He preached. Uh, we didn't videotape the prison, but it was inside the church service. <laughs> uh, we, we couldn't do that at the prison. But um, the children are the hope of the family. The wife, according to the Word of God, is to submit to the husband. The children, in turn, are to submit to the parents. And when all this is working together, it makes for a happy home. But brethren, when things are out of place, there's confusion and there's turmoil in the family. And look up here, the devil has placed an all-out attack on the family unit. Second ordination of God is this, the church. The church is a small community of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They have as their interest the worship and service of God as well as the mutual care of one another. The church is supposed to look after each other. Amen? Spiritually speaking, we're family. Whether you like me or not. Amen? According to the Word of God, we are family. Reminds me of the old 70 song. We are family. Amen? I got all my brothers, sisters, and me. But the church is the second ordination of God. Here we find that the head of the church is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the whole church is to submit under His leadership. Not God, not the government, but God. The church is not to submit to government, but the church, according to the Bible, is to submit to Almighty God. Amen? But here's the thing. The whole church is to submit to the leadership of Jesus Christ, but under His leadership falls the pastor. Let me say it again. Under his leadership falls the pastor. Under the pastor's leadership falls the deacons. Under the deacons falls under other members of the congregation. And when God's order is maintained in the church, friend, there's blessing and there's harmony. But when that order becomes violated, there'll be a division, there'll be hurt. And friend of mine, that ought not to be among the people of the church of the living God. Now, I'm giving you Bible this morning, friend. Don't get mad at Brother Walter. You get mad at the Bible. I didn't write the Bible. God did. God did. And so we find that the three oldness of God is number one, the family. Number two, the church. Number three, whether we like it or not, the government. Come on now. God ordained the government. The government is more of a larger community of people who are brought together under a central leadership. They have as their interests, supposedly, the mutual good of all other citizens. The submission of the citizens to the authorities of the government will produce a tranquil society. It is the last of these three institutions this morning that the Apostle Paul is putting in view right here in chapter 13 of the book of Romans. And since you and I, whether you're saved or whether you're not saved, since we are part of a secular society, we have certain responsibilities to that society. 
And here in chapter 13, the Apostle Paul, he spoke at great length about duties on a spiritual level as well as a secular and social level. Here in this chapter, he turns the focus to the secular matters and how we relate to those things outside of the church, especially those who have the rule over us in society, is a very important matter. You say, Brother Walter, should you, shouldn't you keep the separation of church and state? Yeah. But when that was written a while back, that was to keep the government out of, keep the state out of church affairs, not the church out of state affairs. Read the letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the church of Danbury, Connecticut. But here we find that Paul, he addresses the issue about the ordinance of government here. Again, this is not a popular message, but I'm not looking for popularity, amen? I'm preaching the Word of God. And so this morning, with that being said, I want to bring a thought today on the subject, the believer's secular duty. The Bible believer's secular duty. Like I said, I'm going to be preaching more to the church, but if you've never been saved by the grace of God, you fit in here as well. The believer's secular duty. Number one, we go back to verses one through five, and you will find the submissive aspect of our duty. The submissive aspect of our duty as a born-again believer. Now, no one likes the word submission. Nobody likes that word, submission. But after all, we all want to be in control, don't we, amen? Come on now, be honest. Every one of us wants to be in control of something. However, we need to realize that oftentimes we are not in control. We like to think we are, but really a lot of times we are not. If there was ever a place where this is true, right now, it is in the world that's around you and I. If we were in control, if I were in control, Brother Ethan, if I were able to put back everything and have the, some magical spell or have, was able to perform a miracle with my hands and look up here, I cannot perform one signal miracle, no matter what they tell you, uh, no matter how many times a, a preacher lays his hand on you, there's no miracle in his hand. There's never been a miracle in a man's hand. Except Jesus. And I've not seen anybody yet who could duplicate what he's done. Come on now. Reminds me of a story that came out some time ago. Uh, some, some preacher I think is around in Charlotte. Uh, he said he could raise the dead. You know what he did, Brother Danny? He took some car batteries and hooked it up to, <laughs> to a dead body and took the other end, hooked it up to a car and cranked her up. Come fresh over a happy meal. Hey Amen. That's what he was. And he that was dead was still dead. Probably more so dead after that. But friend, there's no miracle in our hands this morning. But the only one that can perform a miracle is the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, he performed a miracle 26 years ago when I got saved by the grace of Almighty God. Hey, you're looking at this morning a walking, talking miracle in me. But we find, like I said, if I were able to perform miracles, there would be no COVID. If I were able to perform miracles, there would be no political unrest. There would be no worldwide pandemic. There would be no rebellious uprising. But friend, that all of that is out of my control and out of yours too. And it's also out of the government's. Nevertheless, 
These verses, these verses clearly tell us that we have a duty to submit to the authority of that which God has ordained, which is the government. May not like it, but it's still the word of God. So as we look at this, look back with me at verse number one. We see under the submissive aspect of our duty, we find the command of God. The command of God. Verse number one says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. And we find when you consider the political climate in Rome, when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, they're really quite remarkable. I mean, during the days of Rome, when Paul wrote these, Rome was being ruled by a man named Nero. By a man named Nero. He was one of the most uh, wicked of all the Roman emperors. Even, even, brother, he even had his own mother and daughter killed and executed. That's how wicked Nero was. He had his own mom. He had his own wife executed. His most notorious, he is most notorious for blaming a tragic fire that decimated Rome on the Christians. He blamed all that on the Christians, by the way. And from that resulted in tens of thousands of Christians dying by way of persecution. And yet, it is to this man and his government that the Apostle Paul issues the command for allegiance. What's up with that? I mean, here's a man that's killed a lot of people, and yet Paul's telling them to submit to his allegiance. Well, of course, Paul had no illusions about Nero 